Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Hour 3 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. And um, I'm here with our guest, Eli Bransford. And you're listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700. And you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. And if you've missed, this has been an exciting show today, so if you've missed any part of this broadcast, you can go to my website, freedomspeaknm.com, and click on the radio replay link and listen to the whole show from the beginning. So uh, at the end of the second hour, we got into talking a little bit about this whole uh, Bible prophecy thing, and I, I've, I found a lot of these things interesting because Ultimately, we know the way things are going. We know where they're going to end up. As Christians, we know that. Um, I know there are a number of people out there, a number of people that I even know, that will disagree with that because they don't, they don't believe in the teachings of the Bible. They believe that there's going to be some fifth-dimensional you know, rapture or, or, or fifth-dimensional ascension occur and and that the world is going to become a wonderful place again. None of that is biblical. Um, and uh, here's here's the point I want to make about that. And I don't want to, you know, God, I'm sorry if I'm making you guys mad, but you know, it's like if I can't challenge your beliefs a little bit and it hold up to that, then then you know, maybe maybe you need to think about it a little bit. But the the point of the matter is that the first dimension, the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, and on into infinity, whatever dimension there is. All was created by the Creator. Reality as we know it was created by the Creator. The time itself was created. Before that, there was absolutely nothing, if you can even imagine that, because I don't see how anybody can can reconcile the idea in their head that somehow something occurred from nothing naturally. I I just don't see how anybody can believe that. And for you to pick something in nature that God created and choose to worship that over God, that doesn't really seem to make sense to me either. Yeah, well, I think uh, just to piggyback on what you're saying, I think that when you're talking about uh, Christianity and maybe people who are skeptics, I think we're really talking about two different things, okay? So uh, with the technology that we have now and what we do know about science, uh, and I'll just take look, quantum physics, okay? Matter and energy is quantized. It comes in parts, okay? It's, it, it's almost reminiscent of Legos. Things were made in specific units to make things. Uh, when we look at DNA, the self-correcting mechanisms in DNA, when we look at all the sophistication that is obviously designed, I, I think for the most part, and I, and I do debate this with some of my atheist friends that are mm-hmm. incredibly intelligent. Yeah. But I think that for the most part, uh, it's, not, it's not difficult to argue intelligent design. As a matter of fact, I think that argument is over. And I think a lot of my atheist friends are just, they just can't come to terms with that fact. Mm-hmm. They're still arguing it, but there, there is absolutely design. Here, here's where things get complicated. I don't think it takes very much faith to believe in intelligent design to believe in a creator. I think the problem or the challenge, I should say, comes to believe that that creator is all good. That's where the faith comes in because we look around our world and we see such immense suffering. Mm-hmm. We, see, we see 
you know, the most horrible things that you can possibly imagine that happened or ha- or that happened, the immense suffering of people. And so the, the challenge, I think, for faith, for the Christian, uh, is not to believe that God exists. I think we've won that. I think uh, the challenge is uh, the faith to believe that God is all good, which I do believe that he is, and I believe that there's explanations for why there's horrible things. But, but I think a lot of the resistance to believe in God is actually there. It's not, it's not the the mechanics of the argument of intelligent design. It's 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 the personal. It's yeah. you know I suffered. My mom died. Uh, it's uh, I lost a child. How can God let that happen? I think that's where our fight really is. And uh, sometimes when we argue the science of it, we're completely missing the fact that so much of that conversation is in the personal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we were talking about prophecy. I'm seeing a lot of things happening in the world that I never could have imagined would happen. I mean, like, on a weekly basis, I talk about the insanity going on in the world. I mean, like, even what we've talked about today, we've talked about so many insane things going on that don't make any sense. You know, we're seeing the inversion of truth. We're seeing uh, massive censorship uh, those speaking the truth are being silenced. I mean, just the other day, DirecTV decided to cancel Newsmax, and previously, I believe they also canceled OAN. Two of the news networks that are out there that are out there actually just reporting the raw news and telling the truth, and they have been silenced. And by the way, uh, DirecTV is owned by AT&T. So I would personally, if I had an AT&T uh, service or DirecTV, I would cancel it. I mean, you gotta, you got to hurt these people in the park, pocketbook. That's how you affect change. Um, I ditched DirecTV years ago. You know, I, I didn't have a need for it anymore. I got a Roku now. It's like <laughs> I got more stuff to watch on there than I did on DirecTV. Um, we're seeing attempts to the censorship is so blatant. I mean, we even saw Joe Biden try to, try to initiate an actual ministry of truth in our U.S. government. We're seeing how... Twitter was used over the past few years as an arm of the intelligence community. And we're going to talk about that in more in depth here when we talk about the latest uh, the Twitter file installments that I'm going to talk about and talk about releases 9 and 10 today. Um, we, we've seen over the past couple of years, we've seen forced injections of of scientific experiments i mean that's what these are these are things that are that are medical experimentation and and you know when this sort of thing occurred during world war ii in nazi germany people were absolutely outraged but but apparently people have forgotten about that i mean i mean we've seen the systematic destruction of of histor- history historical monuments uh the alteration of textbooks. We've seen uh, indoctrination of children in schools. Um, we're seeing an increased number of natural disasters. We're seeing pestilence throughout the world. I mean, I don't know. How much more does there have to be? There is more to come. I know. And you like, know? like we were talking on the break, it just seems like the challenges to our country are so many. It's not just one thing. It's like you know, death by a thousand cuts here. Um, when it comes to what you mentioned as far as the monuments and stuff, I've been pretty outspoken in my own community about that. I've actually taken a lot of time to make some 
videos on that. If anyone wants to see those, you're welcome to go just Google me, um, Eli Bransford, or if that doesn't come up right away, just put Eli Bransford Santa Fe in case you misspell it. It'll come up and you can see a lot of, uh, videos and stuff that have talked about the soldier's monument that came down. Yeah. Uh, you know, the soldier's monument was there to commemorate, uh, the New Mexicans that fought in the civil war on, on, on the side of, you know, freeing slaves on, 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 uh, you know, the right side of history. And yet still, you know, every, everything's racist now. And so let's tear that, let's tear that down too. Well, that's how they silence you. They call you a racist or right. anything ending with phobe or ist. They call you that. And, and, and the purpose of that is to silence you. Right. Yeah. They don't want you speaking out. That's right. No. But we're gonna. We're gonna speak out anyway. That's yeah. right. I'm gonna keep speaking out. We're gonna do it. You know, I, I, I do this. You know, I do this every week, and I've been doing this every week for a couple of years now because, not because <clears throat> it's some profitable venture of mine in which I'm making tons of money. Actually, I don't make my living doing this. I, I didn't devote a really, really large amount of my free time to this. You know, I, I do a good 10 hours of preparation before I do a show every Saturday, a lot of reading, a lot of research. I try to verify as many facts as I possibly can. And I do this because I felt like I've had a calling to do it, and that's why I do it, you know? So, and I'm going to keep doing it as long as I believe I'm supposed to be doing it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I similarly as well, you know, the videos that I do, uh, you know, for our culture and for... Um, <coughs> what's going on in our city. I would say for every minute of content that's up there, there's one to two hours behind it of a study of production. I hear you. And so, you know, you have a, a video up there that's an hour long where, you know, maybe me or my friend JD and I are, you know, interviewing uh, city officials or, you know, whoever or police or whoever we're talking to. There's a lot. There's a lot that goes into it. It takes a lot. You know, a lot of people don't realize that. It's like I, I know, I was actually an extra on a uh, Hollywood movie one time, and I spent an entire weekend at the location where they were shooting the footage, and an entire weekend to successfully shoot a five-minute segment. Yep. That's I mean, a whole team of people. Whole team of people. A lot of people working hard trying to get it right. It's like, oh, okay, well, well. Take 50, let's do that again, you know. it's uh, Yeah, I mean, doing this kind of stuff is very uh, labor-intensive. Yeah, but it's fun. It is. It is fun. Yeah. I have fun doing it. It's like, you know, all of the work that I do to prepare for this show, and I come in and do it, and we have so much fun, uh, it's like, yeah, that was worth all the work I put into it. Yeah. And hopefully the listeners are getting something out of it. I hope they are. Yeah. That's it, the goal. It's fun to be creative. It's fun to be entertaining, so. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're informative, but we're entertaining at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> especially entertaining. Yeah, well, and especially Stella. <laughs> Stella's been entertaining me for years. Yeah, every link she sends me, every conversation I have. I know. Yeah, I love Stella. Now that her and I have gotten into this arrangement of her being on the show with me, she's sending me links all the time. And I she keep keeps everyone me busy. terrorized. <laughs> <laughs> so. I wanted to move on to the topic of uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that lately. I know there's this thing out there called ChatGPT, mm -hmm. and, and I talked about this a few weeks ago in which uh, 
they had a website in which you could go in there and you can ask the the AI questions. You can converse with it. And um, I was doing that. And, well, of course, I had to dive into the area of politics and the Constitution. And I went back and forth with the chat GPT until finally I backed it into a corner on a question it just absolutely couldn't answer because it had already contradicted itself. And the system crashed and they, and they locked me out. So... I outsmarted the artificial intelligence. Imagine that. Well, but I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. What I, are you going to comment I, I on? I haven't played with that that particular uh, program. Do you have a Alexa at your house by chance? I have a. Uh, I have the Amazon version. With, uh, okay. All right. So uh, it's not Alexa. Yeah, it is Alexa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right, yes, all right. so I have that. Mm-hmm. That's as far as I've gone. Yes, I, I have I, my government listening device. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've been meaning to uh, to check out some of these late, more, more, uh, you know, the newer AI stuff. But oh, Alexa's fun. I mean, go home and ask Alexa to tell you a scary story about a chicken. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> have you done that? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, 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 and it's got a good story. I had an entire night where I was uh, drinking. What was I drinking? Does it tell me a story about some of your buddies? <laughs> drinking some of your chicken buddies you hang out with? or something and, and asking the most random questions to Alexa. I laughed until I cried for like two hours straight. Wow. It's so funny. That's yeah. funny. And, and some of them you stump it, of course, but you'll stumble upon a few like random ridiculous really? questions where it's just like... You know, starts telling you a scary story about something. Or I like, never it, thought of doing that. So now you got me thinking fun. about it. It's so fun. Yeah, I think it's I know a, how I'm going to entertain myself. I mean, this I mean, now. who needs games anymore? You uh, know, ha- have your friends overthrow <laughs> Alexis, Alexa in the middle. Yeah, and yeah. just and just start an Alexa coming up with like a like a you know, way to judge how funny the response is, and whoever gets the funny response wins that round or something. Right? Yeah. yeah. And how scary could a story about a chicken actually be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or even just ask it to tell you a scary story. I mean, just start right there. Right. And it's and even and it the, just randomly picks something. Oh yeah, it's so. Funny. Nice. Yeah. So each time you ask it that same question, does it tell a different story? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go try that now that you said that. So I'm yeah, sorry I don't have any wonder more valuable to add to this segment. Yeah. But that's what I got. So. <laughs> so here, here's an interesting thing I thought about this. Like now, the and I've been. I don't. You probably have too. It's like and Sally, you have. Uh, have you guys ever received phone calls from things like trying to sell you something? And it sounds like up front, it sounds like the phone call is from a real person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've gotten to the point of where I, I will just ask them, are you a robot? And then it hangs up on me. Or, or if it's going on and then it kind of says something that to me kind of clues me and then I'll ask it an inappropriate question, you know, and then it hangs up on me. <laughs> but, but here's the thing I was thinking about with this, this conversation I had with this chat, chat GPT until I basically crashed it and it locked me out it was having a conversation with me that was actually uh very fluid and and believable like i was talking to somebody so here's the question i have is if they marry that up with let's say a very slick text to voice program in which it translates it to a voice that sounds very natural it could get to the point of where when we're having a phone conversation with a business over, over the phone, we won't ever know if we're talking to a real person or not, if yeah. it gets good enough. Yeah. And I think it will. 
Well, you're starting to get into the area of uh, the next level of that, which is deep fakes, uh, which Elon Musk is terrified of what it could do because you know, they can now not only uh, impersonate a real person with voice, but you can do that with video too. So you can get, you know, me or you or Stella and you know, people who know what they're doing can throw us into programs and really come up with a very, very uh, believable, realistic video and audio of mm-hmm. us saying the most ridiculous things that we would never say. Oh, I know. And so you get that and you throw that at a politician and you can create outrage based on something that's completely fabricated. And you look at you the fake news tell. you could produce. Look at the way you could destroy people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you could, they, and then they could deny all they want that they never said that, but how are, how are they going to prove it? Right. It's a big problem, you know? and, and it's something that we're going to have to figure out. Um, but, uh, yeah, technology is getting crazy. Well, this article I read on this thing, on this, on this AI and, and how it's, it's moving forward, they're talking about how there will be a lot of lower-level jobs that could be potentially replaced you know there are there are jobs that are you know like you know even if you're even if somebody's working at like a a high-tech company that does really complex techie engineering type work they have low-level people that do just like mind-numbing tasks uh, and all of those jobs could be replaced by something like this Um, I know even over the years, even companies like McDonald's have been trying to automate certain things within their fast food restaurants. You know, like if you've noticed when you go up to the drive-through window that the drinks are being, you know, coming through a little carousel thing. They're being served in the cup, and and they don't have to manually do it anymore. I mean, it's just a matter of time before you could automate the entire process in which. Pretty much, you you talk to an artificial intelligence at the at the at the speaker out in the drive-through. You get up, a, 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 some kind of a robot uh, hands you your food. You 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 stick your card in. You pay for it, um, and it could and and the whole product. I mean, fast food is not complicated. I mean, it's like it could potentially the entire process could be automated. Yeah, yeah, they can do that. Um, so. I mean, that cuts both ways because, you know, it really does create the, you know, the question of, well, what are people going to do now? Because, you know, it's in the foreseeable future that semi-trucks will be able to drive themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Aircraft will be able to navigate themselves. Uh, You'll go in there and punch in what you want. Your meal will be right every single time, exactly like you ordered Which will be a change from the way it currently is. So how Mm -hmm. are we going to keep these people employed and having meaning in their life? Yeah. So there's the open question. We need to answer that. The second thing is that that means that the chances of somebody spitting in my food or drink are zero. Zero. Right? So <laughs> zero. <laughs> if like I'm when rude I, at the window, yeah. I don't have to worry about that teenager being like, what a jerk. Well, no. Putting something in my No, drink. or like when I go to a fast food restaurant, it amazes me every time. It's like I don't like onions. Okay? I do not like raw onions, period. If, if they're on my sandwich, they ruin the sandwich for me completely. You know, how many times I have gone and I've said, okay, I don't want onions on my burger. And then I drive away from the drive-thru and open it up and there's onions on my burger. You're right. That would go away. Because machines, when uh, computers, when you give a computer instructions, it does not make mistakes. Right. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't. 
Right. So there's where we go with the logical ends of both those things. Uh, the philosophical question of how are, you know, entry level workers going to uh, make some money and find meaning in life and gain skill and and start to build their, you know, their their uh, their work, you know, habits and stuff. That's a serious question. But on the other hand, I don't have to worry about someone spitting in my drink, and you don't have to worry about onions. I don't have to worry about onions on you my know? burger now. So I don't. Kind of all over the park on but, that one. But you know, that's a, that's a really good point about how, because there are things like you know, when I was a kid, I got my fir- my first job was, and it was a brief one, by the way. But I, I I worked at a fast food restaurant, and I remember flipping burgers and cooking the fries and and all of that kind of stuff, and it. It really sucked. I mean, it was a really terrible. I hated it. You know, I, I wasn't there for a long time because I had a better offer. But at the same time, I was doing these low-level jobs, which taught me skills like how to um, how to follow a command structure, how to how to work with other people, right, uh, yeah. communication skills, mm-hmm. um, just basic skills that carry for that, that carried forward to me even into my life today, that I learned that I couldn't have done the next thing if I hadn't done those things. So, you know, the point that you made about how are people going to acquire basic skills, it really does leave that up to question if they're being replaced. And not only that, but there are a lot of people out there in the world that are strictly low-level type workers, and we need them, you know, but that's all they can do. They're just, they're, their their brains are just not wired to do anything complicated and and it takes all kinds to to run the world and without people to do basic mind-numbing tasks um what what are those people going to do if those jobs go away they'll eliminate them the people what they'll give them a death shot? Maybe they'll, they'll find something. They'll, they'll vax them all. Uh, they'll vax them and keep on. Uh, like my when my eleven year old said, "Well, they're saying that they're going to release a new variant or something." And you, why are they doing that to us? Why do they keep releasing stuff on us? Why don't they just leave us alone? But that's what they'll do: release more. Yeah, interesting that the richest people in the world think that there's too many people. Anyway, back to the question of what, <laughs> yes. what we're going to do with those people. I don't know, but, you know, it's, I mean, humans, we need meaning in life. We need meaning in life or we go off and start doing crazy things. And so we're going to have to answer that as a society. My guess would be that the, you know, that the political structures that be are going to try and find a way to provide for those people so that if they work, they work. If they don't, they don't. But what they're doing is they're stripping them of their integrity. They're stripping them of purpose in life. Hey, we're going to feed you. You're going to have, you know, money for, you know, to get around. You're going to have money for food and you're going to have a place to stay. But what kind of an existence is that? You know, it's barely an existence. Right. It's not and, living. Right. And so a lot of those people yeah. turn into basement keyboard warriors where they get online and just cause trouble where they can because they don't have anything else to do. They're looking for meaning in life. We already have tons of those. Yeah. Tons of well, keyboard well warriors. then yeah. we'll have more. <laughs> and so uh, and so but but, uh, but yeah. And so you see people like that that are oftentimes attracted to. Uh, cults or attracted to uh, political violence or something like that because they're looking for meaning they're looking for uh, they're looking for their life to matter you know and we're born with that need to well, our, well, our life to, to matter not to mention Elias you're you're talking about creating an entire block of voters that have no actual real 
uh, concept of what the world is really like. Right. You know, because they're not out working and earning a living. They're, everything's being given to them. And it's like, you know, this whole concept of this guaranteed basic income kind of falls into that whole category. Right. And like our founding fathers said, they said if the, popula- if the populace ever realizes that they can legislate taking money away from some and giving it to themselves, the whole thing falls down. Well, that happened in the 60s, and arguably in the 50s. And so, I mean, that's one reason why I'm not too optimistic about the future of well, the way this country is going. And not only that, but it's unconstitutional for the federal government to to redistribute wealth. Well, it, it's it's against it's unco- but they've been doing it for years now. Right, that it ship started sailed. with the, with you're right. I believe it started really big time in the 60s and and now it's just it's out of control and nobody even thinks about it anymore. But when they talk about taking money, like I was listening to uh on the news, I was listening about this concept of 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 government uh paid leave, uh paid Family leave, okay, that's unconstitutional. It's like if you can't afford to take time off of work to do what you need to do to raise your child, you shouldn't be having a child. You know, how is it my responsibility or you're responsible to pay for somebody to not work to raise their child? That is their choice in life. And it's like not only that, but it's very unconstitutional because it's a redistribution of wealth. And the gov- federal government doesn't have doesn't have that power according to the Constitution, right? And there's where our forefathers uh, warned about that. You know what else they warned us about? Is they said this system only works with the good and moral people. Um, if that's not there, then the whole thing falls down. Well, we can't even agree on what a man and a woman are anymore. I mean, I make <laughs> jokes about identifying as a child. Yeah, they do. But the only reason why that's funny is because that's happening in a real sense. And, I mean, we can't agree on anything as a society Because anymore. if you made that statement to anybody like 10 years ago, they'd look at you with a blank face. They like, wouldn't know why that's they, funny. They wouldn't mm-hmm. know why that's funny. The mm-hmm. fact that we know that why that's funny is a very, very sad thing. It, it is, and it's, and, and <laughs> again, it's, living it. yeah. it's why I don't have a whole lot of long-term hope for our, for our country here. But we'll see what happens. We'll see. Yeah. So we want to dig into these Twitter files. I found some really interesting stuff in here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I've been covering the Twitter files over the past few weeks, and I'm up to releases 9 and 10 now. And so what I did was I read through these things, and I'm going to share with you what I found. And uh, Twitter release 9, fascinating, okay? So, and I'm going to, I'm going to, they've got line, they've got them designated by line numbers on the comments, and, and, and I've got a link for the entire download of all the Twitter releases that you can click on in the show notes. So you can find the show notes on the website under Radio Replays <clears throat> next to this week's show. So line two, it states that on July 2020, San Francisco FBI agent Elvis Chan tells Twitter executive Yoel Roth, by the way, for those of you who don't remember Yoel Roth, he's kind of like the one of the main... Uh, was one of the main execs over at Twitter uh, when it has to do with uh, moderating content. Also a pervert. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, uh, To expect written questions from Foreign Influence Task Force, which I will abbreviate FITF going forward. But anyway, the FBI is sending the main guy over at Twitter a 
memo saying to expect written questions, like Twitter is going to be responsible providing for providing the FBI with the answer to these questions. Now, th- this is going to get a lot deeper throughout this thing. So, in line three, some of these acronyms, DHS, ODNI, FBI, they seem displeased that Twitter was not doing a good enough job of observing recent activity of official propaganda actors. You notice how I mentioned official propaganda actors. And I talked about those, I believe I mentioned those last week, official propaganda actors. That means those are FBI operatives that have been whitelisted so that whatever they say, Twitter's not allowed to moderate them in any way whatsoever. So Twitter is functioning as the propaganda arm of the FBI against the American people. Okay? This is like, this is like something that goes on when we, I mean, when we fight a war against a foreign country, propaganda is one of the weapons we use against foreign countries to confuse them and, and even to topple governments. <clears throat> Lines four through six, federal agencies are wanting clarifications from Twitter and demanding information. So the FBI is wanting Twitter to explain themselves as to what they've been doing. Like, like Twitter and their employees are employees of the federal government. They're actually functioning as the propaganda arm of the federal government. Okay, so we're at the break. <clears throat> I've got a lot of more of this to dig into on the Twitter files. Um, so hang around. Don't go anywhere. This is getting really good, and we'll be right back. Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214. Or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Welcome back to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella. You are listening to the final segment of our third hour. And uh, we are here with our guest, Eli Bransford. And we've been talking about tons of stuff today. If you haven't listened to the entire show, you should listen to it from the beginning. We uh, got into talking about the Twitter files. And by the way, I just realized that we forgot to talk about the homeless thing. And we're going to catch that towards the end of the show. So hang around for that. That's some good stuff we're going to talk about. But I'm talking about uh, uh, the Twitter files, release nine, and I'm talking about uh, this, uh, how basically the FBI is using Twitter like an, uh, an, an a analyst arm of the FBI. And, and we even know that they were paying Twitter millions of dollars to do this. So Twitter was not functioning as a social media company in which people um, freely share ideas information was very, very closely being monitored and controlled by the FBI. Not anymore. Thank goodness to meet Leon, Elon Musk. So line seven and nine of release nine uh, mentions a memo to team from Yoel Roth mentioning being perplexed and not comfortable by federal emer- uh, agency demands. Mentions of official state propaganda, which is what they were spreading, is official state propaganda. And there was a mention of, on line 10, about the state propaganda being, when, when, when the FBI questioned them, hey, you know, we don't think you guys are doing a good enough job, you know, spreading this propaganda for us. And they said, we're not really sure if you're totally into this. And, and then, you know, Yoel Roth uh, comments them, no, uh, propaganda is definitely a thing on Twitter, is how he described it. A thing in quotation marks. So we move on to release 10. And... On line 29 of release 10, the New York FBI office, from what I understand is like the biggest FBI office in the country, puts out a request to Twitter for user IDs and handles of a long list of accounts named in a Daily Beast article. So apparently there were, in a Daily Beast article, there were a bunch of people that were mentioned on there. It was a rather long list of people. And so the the FBI decided they were going to have Twitter investigate them for them. 
So they wanted to share all of their information, their IDs and their handles. The twi Twitter senior execs say they are supportive and completely comfortable in doing so. Those are the actual words that they used. So, like I said, what's happening here? The Twitter staff is being used in an, as an intelligence-gathering arm of the FBI for those individuals they deemed to be enemies. And as you know, one of those individuals was Donald Trump. Line 30, the FITF, that's the uh, um, Federal Information Task Force, forwarded a post from October 31, 2020, about the American report about how a CIA contractor turned whistleblower talked about the Obama administration had used a government supercomputer known as the hammer, and I think you might have heard some mention about that, to exploit an application known as Scorecard to hack into elections and steal votes. Line 31 talks about foreign meddling. That's, that's, the, that's the narrative they tried to spread. They, they tried to, like the whole Russian collusion garbage that turned out to be total nonsense, that is a narrative, and they, and they tried to spread this narrative of foreign meddling as a justification to expand moderation, which basically means censorship, uh, suppressing your posts, um, pushing you so far down the list that it, your post doesn't even get noticed by anyone. Lines 32 to 34, Twitter execs constantly pressured to validate claims of foreign interference when no evidence existed. There was even a comment by one of the uh, Twitter execs saying they could find no links to Russia, no links to Russia in quotations, that's the word they used. One analyst suggested that he could brainstorm to find a stronger connection. <laughs> so, so it's like, no, we don't see anything here. It, it seems like it's a nothing burger, but we're going to try to, uh, we're going to try to make something out of this where it doesn't exist. And yet this is supposed to be a social media platform? Line 35, one account that has an incredibly tenuous circumstantial chance of being related. That, that, that's, the, that's the terminology that this, that this Twitter analyst used. It's like, well, you know, we can't find anything, but I did find one account that has an incredibly tenuous circumstantial chance of having a connection with Russian collusion. What does that even mean? <laughs> I know I I had to wrap my head around that one myself. It's like, uh, okay. I think what he's trying to say is like, there's absolutely nothing here. But, but I look hard enough. But I'm just going to reach as far as I can to make something out of it, right? And any sliver of evidence that looks like it might be evidence, we can build on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what's sad about this? If, if I can just interrupt real yeah, quick. Yeah, go is, for it. <clears throat> I don't know. My how listeners many, might get mad at you for that. Eli. How, <laughs> <laughs> that um, uh, how many of our friends on the other side of the political aisle don't know these things? I know they don't. Th this is this is not because they're being, never going to hear this on MSNBC. That's right. This is not being reported no. in in the legacy media by and large. Uh, this is not being written about in you know most of the newspaper articles and you know so many 
conversations that I get in with my friends on the other side of the political aisle come down to information. And this is a Cold War. Information is the primary weapon. And what they don't know is is crazy. So, it, I mean, just going through these things, it just blows my mind that this isn't on the front page of every newspaper. It should be. But it's not. Yeah. No. As a matter of fact, the only, you know, I think I'm covering this far more extensively than anyone, including like OAN, which they're extremely uh, conservative, you know, and they mention it. But nobody, nobody, actually nobody except me has gone into this depth of explaining this to people. Even if it was explained to them, could they, do they really realize what it means? Like that last phrase, it means... What does that exactly mean? Yeah. They'd be in the same position, like, what? You know? I know. And far be it for me to criticize Elon Musk, but I do think that he made a tactical mistake in so many of these because I know the first one, two, three, four, you know, even five of these releases got a lot more traction. And I think that there's a little bit of a numbing, even on the conservative side, to, oh, it's another release, it's another release. Um, I don't have a better suggestion. Yeah. So I'm not suggesting that I, you know, know a better way to release this. I just wish that, you know, the first five or six come out the way they do and then maybe hold the other ones back for a short amount of time mm-hmm. to kind of let people kind of acclimate to this knowledge. And then when they're not, you know, being bombarded by another release, another release, then maybe let the, let the other ones out something. Well, but and I, see, that's why on a, on a weekly basis I cover just a little bit at a time. And it's like... Even though I've got the link on my website where people can download all the releases, yeah. uh, people, they get overwhelmed by too much stuff to read. And that's why I, I dedicate a little bit of my show every week to going through these and explaining them. Because some of this stuff, it's like, what? What did they mean by that? You know? Uh-huh, absolutely. But yeah. And I think that's wise. Um, but even my conservative news information sources, I haven't heard anything about release 9 or 10. No. No. Yeah. So lines 32 to 34, um, let's see, no, 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 I already covered that one. Line 35, covered that one. Line 36, um, no real matches using the info. Now, this is how they're trying to find this evidence of Russian collusion. Of course, a lot of this goes back to the the whole Russian collusion hoax, uh, as it has to, to do with Donald Trump. They're saying... No real matches using the info Russian like. Now they're looking for just Russian like names. Okay. <laughs> so Twitter's looking for like the analyst division. They're, they're working as the analyst division of the FBI. I mean, big time. Line 37. This release 10 was a big one. Line 37. They were looking for Russian connections and IRA activity. I mean, does this sound like a social media platform? <laughs> no, this, <laughs> really? Yeah, this is the FBI hunting to bring credibility to the lie that they already told everybody. Yeah, is what this is. So, so they've convinced everybody about this Russian collusion. Now we have to go find evidence for it, and it's just not there. No, they're 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 reaching for everything they possibly can. That's okay. They'll distract you with something else. So That's you know, you heard Trump talking about the witch hunt. Well, this is part of the witch hunt right mm-hmm. here. This is the witch hunt going after Americans. This is basically something they are doing that is illegal for the CIA to do, yet the FBI is doing it to the American people. They're going into, they're actually employing social media platform employees and using them as analysts. This should really, really worry everyone tremendously. Line 40. 
Suspending accounts just because they disagree with what the authors are saying. That's what they're doing. They go in, like, like the FBI will send them a list of people, hey, we want these people gone. Well, then Twitter would follow orders and do what they were told, and they would suspend these accounts. That's exactly what was going on. And the FBI would send them long lists. <laughs> line for, I'm sure I was one of them because my account got canceled. Uh, line 41, more aggressive. Government partners had closed, you know, this is what Twitter is saying, is like more aggressive government partners had closed Twitter's window of independence. In other words, Twitter finally realized at this point we no longer are an independent company anymore. We're basically the, uh, the hose of the FBI. And you know all those people whose accounts got canceled? I'll bet you 10 bucks. Just ten bucks. Ten bucks? No that, more than ten bucks? Is that all you got? That, that's all. That's okay, all I'm okay. willing to part with. Uh, okay. But you're on the terrorist watch list. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. sure that I am oh, yeah. somewhere. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Lines forty-four to forty-seven. Former CIA agent and whistleblower John Kiraku discusses moderation of foreign news stories. Mentions Joe Biden orchestrating a coup in 2014 and put his son on the board of Burisma. Now, this is a, CIA, a former CIA agent and whistleblower. This guy works for, was working for Twitter. Yeah. Line 48, report about a list of accounts accusing the Biden administration of corruption in vaccine distribution are part of a Russian influence campaign. That's what they're trying to, they're trying to put. There again, they're going to blame the Russians. Mm-hmm. Line 49, FBI targets over 1,000 accounts for digital execution. Like I told you, the FBI send them a list of over 1,000 accounts and Twitter remove them. Line 50, one report says a site documenting purported reports or purported rights abuses committed by Ukrainians is directed by Russian agents. Once again, Russian agents. Always blame the Russians. Blame them Russians. Mm Line 51 to 53, censorship of information related to neo-Nazis, human rights abuses in Donbass, and even our own government. Wow. So, also, there's a long list in that uh, particular line of newspapers, YouTube videos, and tweets guilty of anti-Ukraine narratives. (laughs) And the question I have after seeing all of this, are we living behind the Iron Curtain, or is this the no, United seriously, States? seriously. Sounds seriously. an awful lot like the Iron Curtain, no doesn't it? No kidding. Yeah. You guys remember the Iron Curtain? You young people probably were never taught about the Iron Curtain in school, so you don't know what the heck I'm talking about. You're thinking, an Iron Curtain, wouldn't that be awful heavy? <laughs> well, <clears throat> yeah, kind of. Read about sure it. There's no freedom of There's speech no there. There's no freedom there at all. Mm-mm. Yeah. You know what's Mm-mm. crazy is, uh, it, I'm trying to find where it was in this release, uh, but I've, I've clearly seen it in others where... Even uh, Yul Roth, uh, I found it right here in line seven to nine, uh, a memo to team from uh, Yul Roth mentioning being perplexed and not comfortable by the federal agency's demand. So these guys are already crazy leftists, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're, they're even getting to a point where they're uncomfortable. But you know what? They opened the door. They made a deal with the devil. Yeah. They started, uh, you know, basically doing what the FBI wanted from day one. And then started getting comfortable doing it. So they made a deal with the devil. Then when the devil took them to some places that even those those people that are, you know, 
leftist, cra- you know, crazy leftists, even they were uncomfortable with it. Yeah, and and there and and there they are. It reminds me of Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, where uh, Darth Vader made a deal with uh, uh, Lando, and uh, and and the deal goes bad, and yeah. Vader says. Uh, pray I don't alter the deal any further, right? It's like they, oh, oh, yeah, it's like like they that. did that, right? Like, oh, like, yeah. like Yul Roth is like Lando, except for not nearly as cool. Right. And uh, <laughs> and and uh, the FBI is like Darth Vader. He just goes in there all dark and starts doing whatever the heck he wants. And That's right. Pray I don't alter the deal any further or you'll be the one on the chopping block. That's buddy. right. And this, uh, this particular uh, release 10 finishes off in line 54 and 55 in which uh, Yul Roth, mentions uh, that there is a thin line between misinformation and distorted propaganda. So. Makes me wonder where, they're, where, where Facebook's at. All right, so we've seen oh, there's a, lo- mentions a lot of the- that all of those companies have been involved in this too. We oh, just, I know. We just not I'm not hearing about it. Yes, but to what degree? Because yes. I mean, now we've seen some of the curtain pulled back here on Twitter, and it just makes me think. Okay, what are the rest of you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm sure the same thing. I think we're seeing the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, yeah. So let's finish off the show by talking about a little bit about this. Uh, you've been doing some homeless documentaries, Eli, and I know I started on one, and I've been out on the street a little bit talking to people, and they, I, I believe there's a lot of things that people just don't realize about what the reality of what's going on out there. Yeah, absolutely, and it's not just a homeless documentary to be to be talking just about that. Um, so, with all this crazy stuff happening in the country, the question I ask myself is: uh, Well, I just see that there's not a lot I can do, okay, you, you know, across the country. But I think there there is something that I can do in my community, and there are a couple of things that we've seen change drastically over the last especially three years, and that is a massive rise in, in the homeless population and a massive rise in crime. Uh, I think between 20, uh, 2020 and 2021 in Santa Fe, there was a 74% rise in crime, and that's only what was reported. I think it was way worse than that. And so my friend JD and I uh, are working on a docu-series that talks about this. Um, we're, we're, we're in the middle of making uh, the crime one now, and we are, uh, you know, we, we just released recently uh, a, a homeless documentary. So we're basically talking about some of these negative changes in our community, why it's why it's happening, and and exploring that a little bit. Anybody has uh, any interest in that? Our website is www.whatshappeningtosantafe.com. Uh, you can see more there. It's a well. I watched the first video that you sent me. It's a well-made video. It really is. Um, well, thanks. You know, I I started working on a uh, homeless video project of my own here in Albuquerque, and we went out uh, a couple of days, and we were went to a park in in downtown Albuquerque, and we're just hanging out talking to people. And it's amazing some of the stories uh, that you hear from from people. I I talked to one lady that is in a wheelchair that lives on the street, and. She used to be somebody that had a home, had a job, and her story was that something happened in her life to where um, living on the street, what she thought was going to be a temporary situation, seemed I couldn't get her to go any deep on what exactly happened to cause this, mm-hmm. but it seemed to be the answer for her, a temporary solution, but she said it turned it into a permanent situation because... 
the way she put it is that once you're on the street, it's hard to get off of the street. Mm-hmm. Did you hear any stories like that? Oh yeah, we heard plenty, and and we you know got to know a lot a lot of homeless people in our community. And there's, uh, in my opinion, five core reasons why people are are homeless. Okay, there's uh, by necessity, by addiction, by mental illness. Right? There's there's basically five groups, and I and I go through this and explore this in our documentary. That one sounds like out of necessity, um, and and so people are there in that situation for different reasons. Some people do not want to be there at all, and they need a hand up. And uh, some people want to be there, and, uh, and some people are just broken, and some people are, fra- are frauds. Um, you know, again, I detail that pretty well, I think, in our, in our first video. Again, what's happening to SantaFe.com, you can see the, the first of our docuseries is there. Um, did you know that New Mexico is importing homeless people from California? And Utah. Yeah. Well, specifically from California, because California has destroyed so much of their state. New Mexico says, hold my beer. We can do that better. Um, Why don't you give us a head start and throw us some of some of your problems? Uh, So it's a it's a big issue. But if, if we don't turn New Mexico around, it's going to become the dumpster fire of the United States. So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to affect some change against, you know. And so, again, I I look at the country. It's kind of hard to be optimistic sometimes. But I look at the community and I think, you know, I can do something here. There's something I can affect some change here. Yeah. And again, my I have a great partner, J.D. I wish he was uh, here today. Unfortunately, he's well, out we'll on. have you guys back at a later date, yeah, in he, which when you're more complete with what you're working on. And maybe even after I've done a little bit more of what I'm working on, yeah, we can have yeah. a, a much bigger discussion about it. That sounds great. You know, I um, I would just say don't necessarily judge all of these people as being all in the same box because you're right. There is different situations with all of my. I, I had uh, some one person discuss with me one time that there is a couple of different kinds. There are local homeless people and there are transient. Mm-hmm. homeless people, and uh, that the criminal element tends to uh, be within that transient homeless population. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. You've seen that? I would agree with that in general, and I think that that's something that our uh, elected leaders are not even aware of when they're starting to make policy as far as how to deal with people, because I think that homeless people from our community, you know, we look at them and we think, okay, so-and-so has a substance abuse problem. Oh, that's so-and-so's kid. Uh, I, I think that we need to treat that person differently than someone who's just kind of coming through, you know, um, breaking into houses and uh, taking what they can and then bolting onto the next community. Mm-hmm. I think that our policies need to have uh, allowances for treating uh, those very differently. Yeah, you know, I hear stories about uh, where there'll be people that are like uh, career homeless people to where they're not they're actually not homeless. And what they will do is they will uh, have their car parked down at the end of the block somewhere, and they live in some really nice house. We talk about that as well in yeah, the documentary. And, and, and they're making thousands of dollars a, a month and making a really good living off of pretending to be a homeless person. Yeah, yeah. We talk about that too. You know, I, I did a little bit of an observation on my own one time. I got to thinking about this where... I was sitting at a uh, traffic uh, signal one day, and I was, you know, several cars back, and I'm watching this person at the corner collecting money from people. Now, 
I kind of wonder. I'm, I'm I'm seeing that they're handing them paper currency, so it's it's not pocket change, you know, or like they sometimes describe it, loose change. I don't even know what loose change is. What is the, what is loose change exactly? <laughs> I, I don't know. I've heard people ask me. Well, do you have any loose change? Loose change? What does that mean? Well, it's just change that's not secured. It's not secure. <laughs> it's in my pocket. It's, it's not secure. Ti- it's it? not tied down. <laughs> Yeah. Loose change. You don't tie your change down. No. <laughs> What's wrong with but, you? <laughs> but I can't I, believe this. But but I, but I watch this and I watch. Okay, if I'm sitting there at this traffic light and I'm observing uh, this person, you know, the what the traffic signal changes. What maybe every few minutes, maybe. Okay. Two minutes on a long about, one. About two minutes. Two, two, yeah. And and I'm every time I'm sitting at a signal, I'm I'm observing somebody handing this person some paper currency. Mm-hmm. Every time yeah. that means they're collecting some paper currency every two minutes, probably. And are they collecting dollar bills? I don't think so. I think they're probably getting more than a dollar bill. I think they're probably getting a five or maybe even t- a ten. And if, and if you do the math on that. And you think about, okay, if they stand out there for several hours a day, and you think about the number of light changes that occur during that period of time, we're talking about an enormous amount of money here. Yeah, and my personal conviction is that um, there's enough of a societal structure to take care of these people. They, they ha- they, they're not going to go hungry. They're not going to go without somewhere to sleep if they want to. And so I think giving resources is fine. If it's cold, give them a jacket. Uh, give them something to eat bring snacks in your mm-hmm. car, give them something like that. Uh, I, I think that giving money is contributing to part of the problem in most cases. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so we got a few minutes left. Why don't you just quickly uh, just kind of plug what you're doing, Eli, how people can t- contact you, uh, just your website, yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah, sure. So uh, if you're interested at all in some of the history behind Santa Fe, so Santa Fe, interesting, you know, Santa Fe has been what it is uh, way longer than the United States has been around. And the founding concepts and the founding values that the United States inherited to some degree uh, is all embedded in, in Santa Fe. Santa Fe is the oldest capital city in the continental United States. We have the longest standing celebration tradition in the continental United States. If you're if you're uh, interested in some of those things and about the more recent social attacks on some of those things, you'll like most of my content. Again, uh, are doing a docu-series on some of this more current stuff. Uh, just Google me, Eli Bransford, or www.whatshappeningtosantafe.com. Thanks, Eli. You've been an awesome guest today. We've had a lot of fun today, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Thank you. He's a a big inspiration to me. He is. He has been to me. Uh So I want to plug my advertisers, Perkins Protection Training, High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness, and ABQ Gentle Dentistry. If you own a freedom-friendly business, we would love to advertise for you, both on this show and on the station. So you can contact me at my email address of Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Check out my website, freedomspeaknm.com. You can see replays of all of my previous shows. And check out the resources I have posted on there. Also, make sure to check out my Facebook page. Just do a search. You can even do it if you're still using Google. You can even use Google and put in Becca Marie. It pops up all over the place. You can see exactly where to find things. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Telegram, Truth Social. And you can get the podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. Follow, like, and share. 
Freedom is essential to everyone. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. It's time to stand up and tell the Marxists and those pushing the woke agenda, hell no, we won't comply. We are the resistance.